John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today my guest is Anthony Furman. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Uh, good as always. <clears throat> um, so uh, this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, so let's uh, give our listeners uh, just a brief background. Um, can you tell us how you got into uh, lifting weights and strength sports and, and all the crazy stuff that you do? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind going back down memory lane a little bit. Um, so I've always been an athlete. You know, uh, a lot of guys um, in strength sports were, were kind of failed athletes in real sports. Right. <laughs> uh, my, my failed sport was football. Um, you know, we lift weights back then. It's a lot of like coaches are like, you can eat whatever you want as long as you're lifting. Got to get big and strong, blah, blah. So we're just all kind of bro lifting and maxing out all the time. Um, and then I joined the Army, and I, that kind of put the weightlifting on the back burner for a while because I had more important things to do at that time. Right. Um, and I came back from my third deployment, and I had knee surgery, so I couldn't do all the running and stuff for a while. And I took up lifting, um, and it turned out, you know, I developed into quite um, talented at lifting, and I didn't know it. And then I kind of got pulled in by a guy, Mark Kasem. Um, he's a legend in the sport, a lightweight. He's been a coach for the Broncos. Um, and he was like, hey, you're kind of strong. Lift these stones. Yeah. And I did a, I did a stone, and that was it. And then I, took, and then I dove into weightlifting head on. Very cool. <clears throat> and uh when would the what year would that have been how long you've been uh doing this uh that was early 2015 so i mean i guess i have comparatively haven't been in the sport that long yeah that's that's not very long at all um and that that's uh very impressive that you've the things you've done in that short amount of time is very impressive yeah I, I i guess you know it's just that natural knack i had for it i just got i was lucky to find it that's very cool. So, what is the? Um, so, you're still uh, you're still involved with the military, correct? Yes, I'm a uh, still active duty soldier. <clears throat> very cool. And um, have you know? I, I hear uh, mixed things about this all the time. I used to train some uh, some military guys, and a lot of them absolutely hate, adamantly hate uh, lifting weights. And some guys love it. Uh, what are your thoughts on on lifting weights in the military, and and how it it kind of um, you know works in with the the pt and all that uh so i mean to be honest especially coming up younger um before the current explosion of open source on the internet um you get a lot of guys they join the army they get put in positions of leadership and all they know is ruck run push up sit-ups because that's all you do get for fitness in the military right right so there was always a stigma against lifting weights um and i gotta tell you i you know as much as all of us meatheads like the hate to say it crossfit changed that culture yeah um it became very popular among a lot of the officers and it became in my opinion to this day i still think if you are in the military crossfit it's probably the best training method for your job yeah i could agree with uh, that yeah i just i think it does it does the, the perfect balance of endurance and strength for what you need <laughs> i tell other soldiers all the time you don't need to be as strong as me it could actually hurt your job <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, the job the jobs uh, seem pretty uh, pretty specific, you know, and, and right. uh, task oriented. So, um, 
Yes. The, the training but, styles. You know, the, the general culture is you still get, you know, I catch it all the time. Like, oh, yeah, you deadlifted 800, but what's your two-mile run time? I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line. No. I, I always used to come back with him like, what are you running from? Right. <laughs> I think that's a good response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so you've been um, busy lately. Uh, tell us about your last few uh, competitions, um, America's Strongest Man, all that, the lead up to that, uh, and, and what's been going on lately. So um, I've actually, I don't know if it's karma, I don't know what happened, but um, I've had a very, very good probably year, little year plus. Um, it started actually with the Titan Games. I don't know what happened, but after I filmed that, I started um, a little bit of a role. I got invited places. I had Worlds last year, followed by the Arnold, which I made the main stage, and then I got invited to Arnold South Africa, and then I had to turn down the um, strongman or ultimate strongman won a five championship because I had to train for the Arnold Spain. Very cool. Um, oh, and I went to uh, strongman champion like Finland in there, <laughs> and so I had a very busy year competitive wise. Plus, there's America's strongest man followed immediately by world strongest man again. <clears throat> yeah, and um, uh, and those were not very far apart, right? No, so it was. I, if I believe it was like October 18th was America's Strongest Man, and then October 31st was World's Strongest Man. Very cool. How do you um, how do you kind of prepare for two shows of that caliber that are that close together? What's uh, what's your typical strategy for something like that, or, or was that new to you? Um, that was those caliber shows back to back. That was a new thing to me. But I have always preached and always done the my training in a way where I rarely train specifically for shows for an extended period of time. Um, it's something I, I, it's something I felt validated in the summer getting to hang with Shiblikov, uh, Novikov, Jerry, Brian, you know, all those top level guys. A lot of times they compete twice as much as amateurs and they're not doing show comp cycles, prep cycles for the most part. They are rolling into it because at the end of the day, Strongman is not about being strong in those events. It's about applying the strength you have to those events. Right. If yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree a hundred percent. And that's something that um, that I, we talk about a lot on on the podcast and, and at the gym. Um, I'm a firm believer that being strong is first and foremost uh, <clears throat> trying to um, master some skill in a in an event um just is usually a futile effort in most cases yeah and you know and i'm speaking at the at the elite level little mechanical technical things will make a difference but you know the sport now the way it's growing and many participants the focus needs to be i know the events are fun to do but the focus needs to be on getting strong right so you can make mistakes and still win yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. I mean, I really think. I feel like that should be the goal: is that you don't have to have a perfect day to win. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think. I think that's. Uh, you know, that's a great way to look at it. If, if you can, if you know you can do well at ninety percent, you know, then um, I think I think you'll do well anywhere at any point. Yes. And um, yeah, I think that's a good mentality, um, and I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, give us a little rundown of. Um, 
America's Strongest Man. Just a, a quick run through. How did that go for you? Um, what were the events? Those sorts of things. Yeah. So um, I had just I had actually this this past summer um, I started developing some some kind of you know pain. I mean, it's been a while, but it got kind of increasingly worse this summer. Um, and I went to Spain and I went to clean the 400 log and I thought my kneecap shattered. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I tried to warm up to the yoke after and I just, I, I played it a little, I tried to play smart and I just pulled out of that competition like an idiot. I regret it, obviously. <laughs> um, so I got back from that and then funny story. I was at, um, I was at strongman court nationals helping out. Um, I was judging and <laughs> I only had so James Deffenbaugh and Laura. They were there. Yeah. And Laura had these delicious treats she bought at a bakery, and I, I only had one. And she told James, and James started going, "Wait a minute, is he cutting down? We only had one delicious pastry." <laughs> <laughs> and before that, I had never really considered doing ASM 105. I was kind of going to pa- pass on it, but then he said that, and I was like, "You know what? I'm only thirty pounds away." <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it just, I, it got excited because you know ASM 105 is for the 105s in America. That is the show, right? Um, and so I was like, you know what? Let me test the events out on my knee and see how it goes. And I did some. I did. I trained each event maybe once. Um, got a cortisone shot, and then I said, you know what? At my ninety percent, I think I'm competitive. Yeah, very cool. Um, so yeah, that's 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 how that went, and then the show. The show went okay. Um, you know, obviously it's not my best performance, but you know, I was competitive. Um, I tied for sec. You know, actually, I tied for fifth on the log press for three sixty five. At a one, at a one hundred five show, I tied for fifth nice. with three sixty five. Depressing is getting incredible. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they're getting one of five guys that can keep up with heavyweights, and it's amazing. <clears throat> um. You know, there was a 18-inch max deadlift. Um, I tied for second with Terry with uh, 1,067 pounds. Um, bat, the sandbag throw, I came in second on that one uh, to James, who just absolutely blew through that. I've never seen any of the bags like that in my life. <laughs> like, I had to set up to get the height. He was throwing them from 10 feet away. <clears throat> it was crazy. Um, and then there was a yoke. I think the yoke was next, which normally I'm actually very, very strong yoker. I was one of the best, if I may say so. And then uh, the knee instability has been causing me a bit of a problems where it'll drop without me failing and I'll have to repick. It's, it's not a failure thing. It's just a stability thing. Right. So that was fun. I, I think I still actually took third on that, though. Um, <clears throat> and then I actually I had the lead going into the last event, the Stones, which I didn't even take first in any events, but it's about being consistent. Yeah, for sure. And then stone stones and overhead pressing have been some of my worst enemies with this knee um, because of the the flexion into the extension on the knee, um, especially press. Like when I dip and try to drive out of that, oof. But stones, um, I basically I've had to de- adapt to Atlas stones and kind of just muscle it up, which is fine, except when you're doing 400 for reps. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a little. Uh, yeah, that's a little heavy. And that. <laughs> Yeah, that's where I lost my lead. I took second to a very strong, very capable Terry Ratty, Ricky Ratty. I call him Ratty sometimes with with tease. <laughs> um, no, he's a really great guy, and he's very strong, and he he earned this uh, title as, as everyone does. But he had a great show, and um, he he beat he beat Flama Blanca head up. 
So you mentioned um, consistency in uh, the competitions, and you know, not not having to win any particular event. Can can you elaborate on that? That's something that we talk about a lot, and um, I think especially for new people, they don't really, um, you know, they yeah. they don't comprehend that. So everybody, you know, even me, I would like to have the best deadlift or best overhead press. It'd be nice, but what's better is winning. And the thing is, it's tough to win when you're really only good at one or two things. Right. Um, you know, you look at you know you look at some guys. Um, I mean, even Eddie, Eddie, before he rounded himself out of the heavyweights, he was a great deadlifter, but that's all he was. Right. He had to round himself out. And a lot of people, they get focused on numbers and being strongest without thinking about the other nuances that go into the other events and training training to get better at other events instead of the static max lifts. Um, I doubt I'm ever going to hold any sort of world record except for maybe world titles one in a row, you know? Right. <laughs> and they can't hey, take, you can't take, I mean, that was, that was, I'm sorry, that was, I'm sorry, that was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, that's a record well worth having. <laughs> take champions away. Someone else is going to come and take a world record away. Right. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of new people uh, struggle with that. I think, um, I see a lot, a lot of competitions, somebody will come in and it'll be like the first event and they'll get third or something and they'll lose their mind you know <laughs> yeah well, yeah i've seen it a million times and i tell everybody i've ever coached trained, or even that will listen if you place top three in everything you're gonna win i almost guarantee it right um hell a lot of shows if there's enough people if you place top five you're gonna win yeah that's true if you're at uh like nationals and, and you're you got a stacked class you can yep. you could easily place you know fifth in every event and and, and play and be in the top you know Yep, that's it. I mean, I you know, like people go back to last year at the um, the official strongman worlds. I I won every event, and I, I tell people all the time that was not expected, nor had that ever happened. Yeah, it was, and it, you know, and that showed it this year. I don't think I had an event win this year. I think I might I might have won the farmers and make the deadlift, but hell, I had a seventh place on the on the first the uh, Viking press. You know, that's how I opened Worlds this year at seventh place, and yeah. I came back, you know. Very cool. So let's let's talk about that comp then. So that was uh, two or three weeks later. Um, how was your knee uh, acting at that point leading into Worlds, and then and then and how did you prepare for that one? Yeah, so before America's, I got a cortisone shot, which really helped. Um, I don't, I mean, it's not something that's recommended for people with injuries. I only did it because it's my job. Right. Um. But so that helped a lot. It started wearing off towards Worlds a little bit, so I started feeling it a little more. And once again, I got maybe I didn't even decide to do Worlds until about a week before. Yeah. Um, so I got about one training session in per event, and they didn't go that great. And I, I failed. <laughs> like I couldn't even deadlift the last um, the last weight four days before the show. Like I couldn't take it off the floor, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." <laughs> you know, so th that was fun. Um, but I think that was a combination of I just did two back-to-back -back weight cuts. Um, you know, that does take a toll on you no matter how well you hydrate because, you know, you're not eating normally either. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. So my, and I'm not going to lie, my confidence was at an all-time low going into the world. So I was going to be happy to make the top 10. And I was fully expecting to hand over my title to somebody. 
so but but then you showed up and um and and things just clicked or how did how did that uh what what kind of changed uh, when you got there when I, I i can't i can't explain it um well but i'll try so what ha- I, I don't know if it's my ego my personality what it is but when i'm in front of people performing because I, I look at it not only as competing as performing right um that's old that's the old wwe lover in me uh, you know yeah hell yeah <laughs> um so it, when those lights get on when the people are there it, something switches in my head and i'm able to do things that i didn't think possible and that's what happened it, it just you know i did poorly on the, the press but i was like you know what i wouldn't even if i was feeling good i wouldn't have won that event so i wasn't worried um and then i i won the farmer's probably by a solid two or three seconds. And I was like, all right, it's on. Like, that's what, that's when it was like, it's on. Yeah. And that was the, was that the second event? It was the farmer's walk. Yeah, that was the second event. So the first one I was, I wasn't feeling great. I did the press and it made me feel a little worse, but also I've competed enough to know there's still five events left. Um, so I was able to keep it together a little bit, you know, and just what I just, I just, went, I just, I just went, and uh, it's funny because it was with a turn, and you, you know, a lot of people they held the turn, um, and I knew not. I knew that I didn't get enough training with the turn, and uh, James suggested to me that I turn and then drop and repick quickly. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I was warming up, I was like, you know, that's that's what I'm going to do. So, and that's what I did. I kind of st- I started the turn and let the weights carry me, and then dropped them and then picked them up fast as hell and ran back down and it worked out perfectly very cool <clears throat> yeah i think that's a solid strategy with with um a turn unless you're just freaky good at it um yep with dark people <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and it also i think it depends a lot on the uh the actual uh what kind of implement it is i think the longer they are the when you turn it's just hell you know <laughs> yeah yeah so i've I, i've just so i've always had the uh, dickens of a time um no matter what i do i try to fight it i never let them guide me yeah so what ha- what happens when you start fighting it because they're gonna turn on you no matter what you do right they start drifting and if you don't drift with them a little bit you're gonna drop them yeah and not in a good manner it's gonna be a manner that screws you up yeah yeah for so, sure yeah that's no matter what i cannot connect my mind to my body to stop fighting it i always want to fight the weight <clears throat> Cool. So what was the, so it was uh, Viking Press, um, Farmer's Walk, and what was the third event? Uh, the deadlift ladder. Okay. And, and this year it was a little lighter than last year. I think it was 585, 635, 675, and 725. Um, and it's funny because like Sean Schumacher came out again and that boy can deadlift with some of the best in the world. Right. Um, and he's, he's had such a better max deadlift than me, but I, you know, I told him after last year, I'll do it recklessly. I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that, you know, that's what I did. I, I run up there. I don't even get set. I just, I trust my body. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I beat him by a, a second again, just barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I actually really like the deadlift va- the ladder event um, where you have to run forward to each one because, yep. because nobody's going to do the deadlift dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it, it's a beautiful event because it requires it, it kind of evens the playing field for people that aren't max deadlifters. Yeah, 
if that makes sense. It's a great deadlift event. The, the, the stronger ones are still going to do really well, but it leaves the door open for people like me that are pretty good at deadlifting, but not the best, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it definitely takes a different type of, um, uh, of approach to the event. And then, um, so <clears throat> what came after the, uh, the deadlift ladder? I believe it was that medley of death that you heard that everyone's talking about. <laughs> All right, uh, wa- walk us through this because, um, yeah, I mean, it was the medley of death. So that, I think that that speaks volumes, but let's, let's hear, uh, your run through. So it was three implements. It was a, a sandbag, keg and Husafel. Yet um, our weights were about 300 pounds a piece. Um, you had to carry it down 50 feet, drop it in the sled, come back and get it. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of moving for a lot of people. Um, that part wasn't that bad. I actually flew through that. That was nice. Um, then you had to sl- drag the sled back another 50 feet. So you've already exerted. Normally that's the end of a medley when you load them and take all the, you know, implements down. So Lynn in his glorious wisdom decided to have everyone pull a sled with all those implements on it. And, uh, it was actually, it was going good for about. It turned out to be 20 feet, but I thought it was closer to 40. <laughs> I looked. I remember I looked back after about 20, 25 feet, and I saw the line still way behind me, and I stopped. And I was like, oh, no, I can't stop. i got to get this going again. <laughs> um, and I, I, don't, I don't think I won that event. I think I took like third or fourth maybe. But um, I'll tell you what, that was – I fell. That was very taxing. I couldn't feel my legs for a little bit after that. Now, how was um, um, how was that on the knee? Because that's a that's a very different um, like a sled drag of that manner is a very different stressor on the knee. How how, Rick, how did that work? I was actually concerned um, because I I didn't really do it in training because I didn't have time. And I, I'll be honest, another little thing: I don't train medleys. Hmm. I refuse to train medleys. Um, I will maybe I will do maybe some carries individually, but I'm a full on believer that it is a waste of time and effort on your body to train a full medley. Really? So, yeah, I, I, I just never have. I mean, if you're going to pick a bag, you can pick a bag. And, you know, a lot of times people talk about transitions, but to me, this isn't, you're not a, you're not a, a strong safety reading a defense. It shouldn't be that difficult to move left and right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like my transition is dropping the bag and then moving left to pick up the next one. So I don't need to work on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some people—that's just some people. Uh, their mentality, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that drag on the knee—it, I don't think it felt bad as I was doing it. I can't—I can't really remember. It's, it's tough to remember as I'm doing the events, unless it really, really hurts. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with it because, you know, that's just what it does—is get in the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and then um, uh, we had a fi- final event. Uh, yeah. It was a stone event, yeah. right? No, the final events, it was a the day three event was a fixed axle clean and press. Okay, yeah. And power stairs. Cool. So, yeah, I was, the, the actually the fixed axle was probably the, my biggest worry because um, I'm terrible at continental cleans normally. Like, I've, just, I've never taken to them no matter how much I tried. It's not my thing. Um, so I was nervous about the clean portion of it, not the press of three. It was only three hundred pounds, but you know, cleaning a fixed axle is different. Well, you're not you're not fat enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. So he did he did allow belt cleans, but the funny thing about belt clean is for reps, it takes a lot out of you, probably more than a regular one. 
because you have to generate a lot of force to clean it from the belt. Yeah. So people don't realize that. They think it's cheating, and, you know, call it what you want, but that sucks, too. It's not... <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, it's, it, yeah. I, I think it makes it possible, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. <laughs> exactly. And my big thing is, you know, that's if it was a max clean, then take away belts, but it's a max press, or it's press for reps, so who cares about how you get it up there? Right. That's the that's the beauty of strongman. It's anyhow usually. Yeah. So so how did that pressing event um, go? I so I have a very I have a very decent grip. Um, so I went ahead and was like, you know what? I'm going to try and power clean these until I can't. Um, and I, I'm proud to say I think I'm the only one of five that power cleaned it. Very so cool. I, I powered I powered clean the first first rep and it was smooth and I was like, here we go. And then I went for the second rep, and it hit my belt on the way up, so I panicked and started belt cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think I knew, I kind of knew my points. I think I had a four-point lead going into that. I knew how many reps I needed to do to keep that lead. Yeah. Um, So I did four reps to tie for second on that event, and kind of just, I I won't say took it, take it easy, but I wasn't, you know, going balls to the wall. Right. I was trying to be smart because, you know, every rep takes something out of you. So then you went into the um, the power stairs. Now uh, that that can be um, a very tricky event, depending on how tall the stairs are, how heavy the thing is. Do you have to run up and down? So, how, what was your concern with your knee on going into that event? My main concern was coming down the stairs. Because yeah. um, if I stuck my knee the wrong way, it could give out on me. Yeah. So that was really my main concern. Um, I'm not the tallest guy. I'm 5'11", so it is what it is with that. I just have to have real strong traps. Um, so that was my concern, and I, I knew the first two weights I was going to fly through um, just because those are weights I can handle, um, And which, which I, I, turned, I ended up doing that third weight. I think it was close to 500 pounds. That was a, that was a doozy. <laughs> yeah. I think I got up maybe two steps with that. Thank, thankfully, it was enough. Yeah, so how did you end up uh, overall in that event? Um, I think I, once again, I think I tied for second or third. Yeah. Um, in that event. So, yeah, they, the last day I didn't I didn't win an event, and I won overall by four or five points. Because guys, you know, they go up and down so much. You know, good events, bad events, good events, bad events. Yeah. And if you don't have bad, if your bad event is still an okay event, you're going to be all right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So that secured the win there, and... Um, so how did your knee feel overall after that? So it was, um, it took a beating. Uh, I mean, three days. So what I, what I, what I tell people is no matter what I do that day, if I did five events or one event, the knee is still going to be swollen and painful. Right. So every night, um, I probably spent about two and a half hours. I did my own cupping, ice, heat. Um, I'm on arthritis medication for it. All, all types of rehab just to get that swelling down. Cause if I can get the inflammation down, it can feel somewhat normal. Yeah. And then I could, so I'd rather go in the next day feeling somewhat normal than already crappy because it's going to feel crappy no matter what. Right. For sure. So that was my, that was my main strategy. Every single day was getting the information down. Um, so I don't think we discussed uh, what exactly um, is going on in the knee. I know that they had told you one thing and then changed their mind. And, and um, can you, yeah. kind of, can you, so, um, I, you know, I've had a couple of previous knee injuries, torn MCL and meniscus, all that stuff. I've had some surgeries on it and be, you know, those surgeries happen when you're young and you do army stuff. 
And what happens, what happened to me, what ended up happening was um, I lost, I have no cartilage or meniscus left. Um, and I got, you know, spurs and fragments and all t- kinds of fun stuff floating. And I got bone on bone in all three compartments of my right knee. Wow. Um, I'm actually a candidate for knee replacement right now. Um, how do you think, uh, do you think you're going to do that? Do you think, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on having a knee replacement? I, it changes daily. So some days where, um, anybody that has a serious arthritis, I don't know how many listeners, how many people have it, but every day changes with how much pain it is. Um, there's some days where it feels great and I'm like, I can keep doing this. I can live like this, but there's other days where I can't even, I can't walk. I can't sit down without getting up without pain. And it's just, I haven't decided. I mean, I, I might get a knee replacement and see if I can come back. Yeah. Um, or I might just suck it up cause I'm pretty young to have a knee replacement. Right. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's a tough decision just cause there's a lot of unknown with the surgery and my career in strong man. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, uh, what, what kind of, um, when did the knee thing kind of start? So I had my I had my last knee surgery, the meniscus thing, in like 2016, um, and it healed pretty good for about six months. But it it always was kind of stiff and a little painful. But I was like, you know what, that's par for the course. Right. Um, and just this past Arnold, I don't know if I ripped the last piece of cartilage off or what happened, but I was doing a I was on the uh, press medley on the main stage, and I did the I tried to power claim the. Um, the barbell and like I stuck my leg out and twisted it and I got a lot of pain and they thought it was an ACL. Like my knee was so like the MRI they did after it was so screwed up in there. They said I had a torn ACL and a torn meniscus. And I was like, doc, I don't have a meniscus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like they, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so they initially diagnosed as a torn ACL, which I kind of wish it was because that's easier to come back from. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, a, You know, that, that's that's crazy, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the knee, you know. I mean, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of different injuries that can occur in there, and they're all all varying, uh, uh, I guess, difficulties in regards to coming yeah. coming back from it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, and what, what it's done, because I've been on it so long injured, it's created a lot of imbalances, and I've been having to work really hard on movement pattern to get everything firing around it. So it's, it's just a long road, um, but it's all right. It's worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that that's a, gr- a great attitude to have about it. <clears throat> um, so, uh, at some point in there, you did you did the Titan Games. Um, were you having any of these knee issues at that point? Yeah, it was. It was probably at that point. It was probably more moderate. It was just like I just kind of shook it off. I was like, oh, I'm a strong man, and I was infantry for ten years. So of course, you know, <laughs> right. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Wrong with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> another day. Uh, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about that. I'm sure people would love to hear about that. Um, tell us about the the Titan Games and um, the, did you fist fight uh, Dwayne Johnson at all? You know, give us the, the backstage uh, <laughs> the, the backstage so, dealings. <laughs> the Titan Games was a crazy experience because they just kind of pluck you. They don't tell you much, and they fly to LA and they're like, "You're about to film a TV show on NBC with The Rock," and it's like, "All right, cool." Um, we, you know, you get there and you spend a bunch of days doing media and all the promo work and photos. You get to meet everyone. And for me, so in our sports, sometimes, especially when you're around high level, you do, you never feel special. You never feel strong. Yeah. Cause you're around people like you, but then when you get around other people for a, 
two weeks straight, you realize how exceptionally strong you are. Yeah. But, you know, so that was kind of cool. You know, they actually, they gave me that a much needed, believe it or not, a much needed uh, ego boost. <laughs> That's cool. Because, you know, there's times you get that self-doubt, you know, no matter what level or who you are, you don't start to doubt yourself, and they helped me out with that. Um, and, and me and The Rock, it's funny, we were in the tent uh, on set, and the producers came in, and they said, hey, The Rock's going to be here soon, we need to start clapping now. They wanted him to walk into a standing ovation. Yeah. And in the back, back of my head, I was like, what the hell? I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of that was tacky because I was like, if the Rock would have just walked in, we would have freaked out anyways. Right. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he came in and he shook all our hands, and I I tell you what, I shook the hell out of his hand. <laughs> like I was gonna let him know that I was there and I wasn't, you know, I'm not a normal person. Yeah. Um, and he gave us a little pep talk, um, and we got to go out, you know, and he went out there and he was interactive with us on set. Like once we, they didn't show all of it on TV, but like once he completed, he came up to me after I did my first challenge and he hugged, he hugged the hell out of me. And he goes, he said in my ear, he goes, you are a fucking animal. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, yes. <laughs> That's cool. Because once again, I'm a huge wrestling nerd. I grew up, you know, watching the rock and idolizing the rocks. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so overall, it was a great experience. So did they do um, all of those events in, in one day? I'm guessing no, right? This was shot over um, like a, a period of time. Right. So how they set it up was um, they predetermined like what our events were going to be and who we faced. So And they set up the arena. So everyone that did those events went through that day. And it wasn't necessarily in the same episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we went through it and then we had about a day off and then we did the, then they set up the Mount Olympic and the obstacle course and we all ran through it then too. Um, and it was crazy. They filmed, we had, a, we, were, we filmed from 9 PM to 5 AM. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <clears throat> yeah. How much weight did you lose during that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, show it out there. I, I lost 11 pounds while filming. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, just because, you know, you don't eat like you normally eat or train like you normally train and sleep. And yeah. I lost 11 pounds. It's crazy. Wow. <clears throat> so how cool were the events? Uh, well, first of all, did, did they did they tell you, like, how far out from doing an event did you know what you'd be doing? Uh, when we got there to film. Okay. <clears throat> like, when we arrived on the filming lot. Like, not, like, we were there, like, doing photos. And then they said, hey, you're going against this guy. And they didn't tell us the event until we got there to film that thing okay so how uh so when they tell you the first event i mean i'm sure you kind of probably had some sort of idea that like kind of what was going on um but when they announced the first event like what did you think like oh shit or well, my, like this is going to be awesome yeah, or, <laughs> my very first thought was of course they picked an event where i have to run i was like they're trying to get me out of here this is bullshit <laughs> yeah. uh, um but then it turns out it was a very good event for me because of the power of my legs. But, um, yeah, I was really nervous. I mean, I was, I was just, you know, I try, I really do, especially against competitors. Um, I always try to keep a level head and, and be humble and, and, and never underestimate anybody. Yeah. Um, because I've been underestimated to many people's dis dismay. <laughs> um, and I know that's just not the way to go. If there's, if there's one thing I've learned from Rick Flair, if you don't underestimate people, 
<laughs> Life lessons from Ric Flair. Yep. <laughs> Life lessons from Ric Flair. Also, I learned from Ric Flair, if you never admit to losing, you never lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. That dude could be pinned in the ring, one, two, three, and you, you, you wouldn't know it. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a very good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the first event was, um, yeah, I don't even know if I can explain it. Uh, you're basically harnessed to a giant, um, a giant granite stone, and you have to run and pull the stone up and smash through the ceiling. Right? I believe that was the first event you did. Yeah, there, it was called Uprising, and there was like a five 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 level tower with concrete blocks. And, um, yeah, it's, so that was the event. And it's funny because I watched, I was probably the fourth person to go, we were the fourth group to go through that night. So three, three people before us went, and it took everybody at least two or three minutes to get through all of them. <clears throat> yeah, and you destroyed and, that yeah. event. How, uh, <laughs> how, <laughs> how cool did you feel after that? <laughs> I, all right, I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was on top of the world. That was one of the crowning moments of my life. Like, <laughs> I just, I, because when you, you pulled the thing and the pyro went off, the crowd went nuts, the rock came down, yeah. Terry Champion interviewed you. It was, it was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe you had the, the fastest time, right? I mean, like, it, oh, yeah. you, you destroyed that event. Yeah, I, I think um, the next closest was like two and a half minutes. I did in 22 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, I think you only had to run like twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so then, uh, so you did that event, um, twenty-two seconds, and then you were basically um, off, right, for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, maybe some other uh, PR filming or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It was just a little more PR, and then we got back to the hotel about five a.m. Um, and then you sleep for whatever, and then you go back the next night to film the Mount Olympus. So you did the Mount Olympus the next day. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So how, how was you, um, what was your thought process? Like when they announced the Mount Olympus and what that was going to be? Um, I knew I had an uphill battle. No, no pun intended. Right. Uh, just because that is that was way more demanding cardiovascularly than any, anything I'd done in a few years. So, um, and I, you know, I knew the guy I went against. He was a phenomenal athlete all around. So it was going to be a hell of a challenge. <clears throat> what I didn't expect was my body to stop, my legs to stop working at the end. So yeah. what happened um, with that one is, you know, you push over this huge wall, and then you have to climb over these rotated, free-floating barrels. And me, and my infinite wisdom, had the confidence that I could just get up and run over them. Yeah. <laughs> and I ate shit. <laughs> and when you fall on those, because getting on the first one, there's like a little pad, so it was a little easier. But when you fall on them, they're almost at eye level. Yeah. So it took so much out of me to get back on those and over those. Um because I started panicking and you start, you know, you start breathing erratic when you panic. Yeah. Um, and then I got, you know, I got through the wall, climbed up the wall, which it was drywall. And it's funny cause I was really heavy. And so I went to pull myself up and the wall would rip a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, I know, you know, I you overcome that. that. Um, and then the wheel, I was, I am so stupid. I was so tired and already, and I was panicking. I was trying to crank it the wrong way for about 15, 20 seconds. Oh, wow. And I was like, 
And I was just like, why is this not moving? I'm not, I can't be that tired. And um, the producer was like, you're turning it the wrong way. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh shit. And so I had to pull it, you know, I pulled the other way and I'm all beat up and I slide down, jump over the first wall, slide down, jump over the second wall. I see James, as I got to the last wall, James was starting to drag the stone. And I was like, oh, I'm not that far behind. And then I went to jump over the third wall and I could not get my hands up on it. I, my legs, it, there was just nothing left in them. I, 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 all the oxygen in my body was going to my muscles at that point. I had nothing left. Yeah. Wow. Um, if he would have been, if he would have been 30 seconds slower, I think I could have recovered enough to get over the wall and start dragging. But he was just so fast. I just didn't have a chance at that point. <clears throat> that, that's, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> one of the coolest parts of that thing, I think, um, you mentioned is, is the wall where you have to punch your own holes in the wall to climb <laughs> yeah I, th- I thought that was really cool i thought that was a great uh a great idea although i did i do know what you're saying i saw there was there was you and maybe one other person when they were climbing it was kind of uh tearing away from from the weight and the force being you know right. applied but uh i thought that was well, a great idea i thought it was really cool too although so there was two there was two by fours like kind of like a skeleton behind it you know to hold it up yeah and I probably wasted about four punches on a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I thought I was just so tired I couldn't punch in the drywall. So I was like, "Come on!" Like, <laughs> and then I see my hands bleeding. I'm like, "Oh, that's a two by four. <laughs> well, uh, may- maybe you, you, know, you need to practice punching two by fours. You know, <laughs> maybe that would have solved everything. I just could have collapsed it and been like, "Oh, I won by default." <laughs> yeah, just bring the whole thing down to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very cool <clears throat> so uh what's next on the horizon for you then um we you just made it through uh america's strongest man of worlds um what's what's next um actually oh actually so a week after worlds i competed in tampa's strongest man and i earned a arnold brazil invite oh very cool yeah so um that's in april so the arnold classic brazil pro strongman is my next uh target and have you done that one before Nope, I have not done the Brazil. Um, I've only done the Africa and Spain. Very cool. Uh, have they announced um, the events for that yet? They have not, but I'm assuming it's going to be all PRs. All PRs? Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's why I love competing in the open the heavies. It's just it's such a different challenge for me. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's that's um, you know mostly big boys, right? Oh I yeah, mean, you, you'll be... I, I, I've yet to be in one of those where I'm not the smallest person. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. <clears throat> I bet. Um, so the the crowd, I'm sure, uh, loves you there. Um, you know, because you'll see be seeming like a normal sized person next to a lot of those. those yeah, things, so, so. Uh, especially South Africa, um, they they were kind of like hesitant at first and then i ran with the 400 pound farmers yeah and I, you know I, they were just like holy crap and then from then on they were behind me yeah i think that's cool i think um i i think that, that that'd be good for um getting booked in shows and stuff uh because because the crowd will love you being you know being seemingly the underdog and yeah. um uh yeah i think i think that's actually probably really good um career-wise uh to to be able to do that well, yeah, that, and I'm not, a, I'm not a shy strong man, so I, I have no problem interacting back with the crowd too. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big. Uh, I think that's a big part of uh, professional strongman that a lot of people don't think about. I, t- I talked to um, Evan uh, Singleton about this, um, uh-huh. and, and he's very similar um, <clears throat> in in that aspect. Uh, he, he actually did pro wrestling for a while, so that makes sense. And um, yeah, I think I think it's important that there needs to be a certain amount of um, showmanship, and I think that gets people. Uh, booked in more shows and things like that. And I don't think it's any coincidence that w- when you were on the, um, the Titan games and people saw your energy and all that, and then people started booking, wanting to book you in shows and all that. I think, I think all that stuff makes sense, but I, I also feel like a lot of people go um, pro and then they, they're not aware of that. And then they, they kind of like fall to the wayside because they're, they're not aware of what needs to be done to. Uh, yeah. So in, in my, in my experience and from what I've seen, there are three ways to be prominent in this sport. One is win everything. Right. Two is be such a personality. They have, you have such a huge following. They have no choice but to include you. Three is have a great personality and be okay and not get blown out of the water. Right. That's really what I've seen. So you can't, you can't be really strong and not win and expect to go anywhere. Yeah. If you don't have a personality. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, you know, you you could, you know, name names, but there's there's people, plenty of people that that could have done well that kind of fell to the wayside because they were lacking one of those three things. Yes, and it's you know, and it, it, I understand people's frustrations with it. I, I understand it, um, and that, that's you know, it's part of the reason I really try to get back to the sport so much is because I know I'm I'm blessed. I was blessed with my personality before strongman, so. I happened to luck into this because I was okay, a strong man. So I love, that's why I love to get back to the sport and the people in the sport. Yeah. And I, I think also that, you know, that that's also something that's seen by the, um, by the promoters and stuff. And, you know, obviously you're not doing it for that reason, but I think that that also helps when, when you're, you're out there and you're giving back to the sport and stuff. I think, cause most of the people that run shows, <clears throat> they've also, you know, played the game and, and, and they know how it is. And, and they're also right. in some way trying to give back to the sport. So, yeah, it's just, I, it's a love of the sport. I don't think I've been, I don't think I've been asked to MC a show and turn it down yet. If I can make it, yeah, you know, just, to, just to do it, you know, to do what I can to just be around the sport and the people. I love it. I have no problem. <clears throat> Very cool. So you have, so, um, Arnold Brazil coming up and then, uh, do you, do you have anything, uh, after that lined up as of yet or um, there's nothing set in stone um, I'm kind of pl- I'm trying to play by ear a little bit one because of the knee and two because um, a lot of times in strongman the higher level you know the, the opportunities to come last minute right that's another reason you got to be ready at all times you can't peak for a show <clears throat> yeah for sure I mean it's it's uh, you I, I you hear stories all the time. Guys uh, get called, you know. Hey, do you want to do this in eight days? You know. <laughs> yeah, and that's a very that's it's, that's the bit the difference between the amateur and the pro is you don't pick, you don't pick and choose what shows you want to do as a pro. Right. You do what's available to you and what you're offered. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, a lot of times you can qualify for those shows, but a lot of times it's invite. You know. Yes. And, um, yeah, I think you need to be, um, well, you need to be getting your name out there so that you may, can be invited, and then you need to be ready when you are invited. 
Yep, you can't, you know, that's a, it's like a wave, you know, being at the top of the sport's like a wave. It's going, then come, it can come down. It can come down anytime, and then who knows if you'll get back on the next wave. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we're about out of time. If you could, uh, if you could give one piece of advice to uh, anybody that wanted to get into Strongman, somebody that was new, just wanting to start out, um, what, what kind of knowledge could you drop on them? Uh, I would probably say what I tell everybody is not even just in strongman, even soldiers I've had that train. You are more capable than you are. You're not going to realize how capable you are until five years from now. So don't be afraid um, to push to push yourself and become that capable person that you're going to be. Yeah, I think I think that's solid advice. I, uh, I agree a hundred percent. Most people. Um, I just think we live in a culture where people don't have a, a lot of confidence and, and um, people are just kind of beat down. And, mm-hmm. and I think people want instant uh, gratification as well. But yep. if you can, if you can really put your nose to the grind and stick to something for that long, I think, um, yeah, I don't think anybody would not be shocked at where they were if they stuck to it in five years. I know that I was, exactly. and, and I mean, I am every, every year since then, you know, it's like, Oh wow. You know, um, every yeah, time. same here. It's it's amazing to me. Like five years ago, holy crap! Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my sponsors, real quick. Um, Level Up Mushrooms. Uh, it's a supplement um, you, you, with different uh, mushroom powders uh, <clears throat> to help level you up and keep you on your game. If you drop my name in the notes box, just put Mauser. Um, you get a free shirt with every order. Uh, I want to thank those guys, and I want to thank you, uh, Anthony. Furman for joining us today. No, <clears throat> oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been been very nice. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to get you back on, um, maybe after the uh, Arnold uh, Brazil, and 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 get an update, and um, and then we can uh, talk about some crazy stuff uh, instead of just giving getting you to tell us your history over and over again. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now we set, we set the foundation, so now next time we can have a little more fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll, we'll get into yeah, some crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, <clears throat> I want to do... Um, I have one of these things I've done with a couple uh, guests in the past where I just say a word and you have to tell me what you think, and that always is a blast. Ooh. So I am nice really guy. looking forward to that with, uh, I like that. with Anthony <laughs> Furman here. <so. laughs> Alrighty. Well, I want to thank you again. Um, this has been John the Viking Mauser with Anthony Furman. Get strong or die.